But I love the NFL. It's pretty cool. Do you know those players in the NFL are huge? They're, they're, they're massive, right? So you've got these, you know, the, the linebackers and the tight ends and all of the guys that make up the defense. And they are ginormous because basically all it is is like two bunches of rhinos attacking each other so that a little guy can run through the middle. But it, it's like that. But these guys are like some of the NFL players, and I think I read yesterday that the tallest NFL player was like seven foot two. Seven foot two, but he also weighed over 200 kilos. He was a giant beast. So these guys are big, right? So NFL players, they're big. They're powerful. And you know what? You, if you've ever watched The Blind Side, like one of favorite movie, Blind Side, yeah. They're big, but they can also run fast. They're powerful. They're strong. They're fit. So these guys are big and they're huge and they're powerful. And you have a look at them, you, know, you think about, oh, these are, the, these are the actual real deal. These are the guys that have got all the power on the field. But then you have a look at it as another player when it comes to watching the NFL, and that is the referee. Now, a little bit of a contrast to the actual players on the field is that the referee is usually a little bit older. Maybe a tad slower, definitely not as fit, nowhere near as powerful, but there's a contrast that I'm trying to show here. We've got the NFL players have got power, but the referee has the authority. I want to talk today on the differences between power and authority and how we as Christians need to step into both. Yeah? So let's have a look at the referee. You know, they're a little bit older, slower, a little bit more unfit. You know, some of them, you know, but the AFL guys, they're fit. Those guys can run. Yeah, but I don't think that the NFL guys, they just walk down the sideline like this and then they just throw a flag and yeah, that's a penalty from over there. But the, you look at this um, on the field, you know, the player can do all the things he wants to do. He can tackle someone, he can use his power, he can throw his weight around and the referees are a little bit different. The referees have got something behind them. They're called the league. The actual NFL, the league is behind them. So... But you think about the power that they draw from, the authority that they draw from is not their own. It's been given to them by the league. The referee in the game can send a player off for doing the wrong thing or penalise a player. But the league can actually stop them from playing altogether. Can actually, that has a higher authority. And I want to look at us having a higher authority today. We're going to do a little bit of a lesson in Greek. Who loves Greek? I love Greek food, I'm telling you. I do love a little bit of Greek savlaki and gyros and the lamb with the lemon and tzatziki sauce. And Who's waiting for cafe to come back? In the name of Jesus, we pray. But we're going to look at a couple of different Greek words. And the first one is this, dunamis. It's coming up on the screen, dunamis. Everyone say dunamis. Dunamis, all right. Dunamis basically means explosive, miraculous power. This is demonstrative. This is, a, this is an action word. This is something that's got power attached to it. It's tangible. It's something that you can feel and see the results of. Dunamis. Dunamis. You know, some of the examples is strength, might. It's even described in certain circumstances as violence. This is power. 
It's explosive. It's the word where we get the, the, the root word. The root word in the Greek is <laughs> dynamite. Explosive. This is the picture that the Apostle Paul and, and a lot of the writers in the New Testament paint when they use this word. It's explosive, raw energy and power. It's tangible. So some of the examples of people that, who use this was obviously Jesus. And the apostles which whom he empowered, he didn't just empower them with, oh, hey, fairy dust, and here you go, you can go and do this. No, he gave them power. So let's talk about Acts chapter 1, verse 8. It says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. You know what? We read this verse and we go, oh, I want me some of that. I want some of that power. Ooh, give me that power. I want, to, I want to be powerful. I want to be like an NFL linebacker. I want to run that quarter, you know, whatever it is, 40 meter yard sprints and whatever and smash into something. I want to, I want to bust through a brick wall. I want that power. I want, give me that power. And we think about that, but we don't understand what the power is there for. And remember, we've been talking, going back even to last year, can anyone tell me what the purpose of power is? People. The purpose of power is people. The triple P. Purpose, power, people. It's all about others. It's all about healing the sick. It's all about being a witness. It's all about going forth. All right? It's power to be a witness. We've got to understand what the power is there for. Mark chapter 16, verse 17 and 18 says, And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name they will drive out demons. They will speak in new tongues. Boda Honda, Boda Shura, Boda Kawasaki. They will pick up snakes with their hands. Did anyone not get that? No? Okay. They will pick up snakes with their hands. I'm not doing that. I'm t- I know it says it in the Bible, but I'm, I'm not. No. Me and snakes, we don't get along. All right? Yeah, some people it's mice, rats or bats or something else. You know, I can handle those things, but snakes and me don't mix. I'll get in a tank with sharks, but I'm not getting in a tank with snakes. That's, that's not my thing. And when they drink deadly poison, it will not hurt them at all. They will place their hands on sick people and, hang on, they might get well. They will get well. You know, dunamis, it's physical, it's tangible, it's experiential. It's something that you can actually see the effects of dunamis. Mark 5.30, it says, And once Jesus realized that power had gone out from him, he turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my clothes? Has anyone ever been in a crowd? You've been walking around, you know, you're in a bustling place, people are bumping up to you. Or have you ever been on the subway? I, I used to catch the train to work for almost 10 years in Sydney and sometimes in the afternoon when you get on the train, you'd be standing like this, like a sardine, and people would be touching you all over. And you could feel it, but you never felt power go out from you. I never felt like, oh, gee, who touched me? Like everybody's touching you. And this is what the disciples said to Jesus. What are you talking about, Jesus? Everybody's touching you. So no, no, someone touched him for purpose. And they reached out and they actually experienced the dunamis power of God. And he felt it. Something left me. Somebody received something from me. And that's what the dunamis is all about. He not only felt the touch, but he felt the power leave. Let's look at another Greek word. And this word is called... Exousia. Everyone say exousia. 
Exousia. Exousia. That's it. Exousia. I mean, just expounding it. Everybody up in Neil, say Exousia. Good job. Some exciting things happening in Neil next weekend. Stay tuned. We're pumped for it. So you guys should get a little bit excited and invite everybody that you know to come to church. As long as we're within the limits of how many people we can have. We'll make it work. Exousia is basically different from power. It is authority. It's power through command. It's power through command. It's, it's intangible. If we talk about an example of this, um, it would be the, a, a, an officer in the army giving orders. They might not ever step into battle themselves. You might see a, a five-star general in whoever watches movies where there's a, a general and they've got all of the different... You know, and they might give an order, but they're probably never going to step into battle. They're given the authority that the power then works through. All right? So this is where the idea of this is, it's, it's talking about rulership. It's talking about the authority that comes through being a ruler in an area. And often this term was used for people who were in places of high authority um, within the Bible. Let's have a look at Luke 10, 19. It says, I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all of the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. This is talking about things that are under your control or under your feet or beneath you. There's a, there's a, there's a, there's a hierarchy here. And this authority says, I have given you authority. It means that I'm placing you in a higher place that you can now rule from. All right? Authority. It talks about the picture of the authority between a master and a servant. Now, in biblical times, the servant or the slave would never disobey or disagree with the master's rule, what the master said goes. Same kind of thing in the, the captain and a soldier. The authority came that you obeyed orders. You obeyed orders. You didn't step out of line with that. That's the kind of authority that we're talking about. Exousia is foundational, but dunamis is given through exousia. All right? Authority is foundational, but power is given through authority. Okay? Authority, exousia, comes first. It's higher. It's higher. What's greater? The U.S. Naval Institute Proceedings is a magazine of Naval Institute. There's a guy who wrote a, an article for that, and he illustrates the importance of obeying certain laws. There's two battleships who are assigned to naval exercises, and they're a squadron have been at sea for maneuvers in heavy weather for several days. I was serving on the lead battleship, not me. This is Frank who was talking, just so you know. I was never on a battleship. <laughs> Actually, no, I was. We had all the battleships come into Sydney Harbour one year for this world thing and we actually went and I don't remember which ones we went on but we went on some battleships and it was pretty interesting. Anyway, not in this occasion, I wasn't on the battleship. Just, just to clarify. Okay. I was serving on the lead battleship and was on watch on the bridge as night fell. The visibility was poor with the patchy fog so the captain remained on the bridge keeping an eye on all activities. Shortly after dark, the lookout on the wing reported light bearing on the starboard bow. He says, is it steady or moving astern? The captain called out. The lookout replied, steady, captain, which meant that we were on a dangerous collision course with that ship. The captain then called to the signalman, 
Signal that ship. We are on a collision course. Advise you change course 20 degrees. Back came the signal. Advisable for you to change course 20 degrees. The captain said, send. I'm a captain. Change course 20 degrees. Um, The response came back. I'm a seaman second class, came the reply. You had better change course 20 degrees, came the reply. You, you had better change course 20 degrees. By that time, the captain was furious. He spat out, send, I'm a battleship. Change course 20 degrees. Back came the flashing light. I'm a lighthouse. We changed course. <laughs> you have to understand the difference between power and authority. Right? If you're trying to get into an argument and you're going to try and throw your weight around, when you come up against a higher authority, you are going to run yourself into trouble. You're going to run yourself into trouble. This is another picture of this would be like, you know, SEAL Team 6 in the military, in the Naval Academy. SEAL Team 6 is famous. They're the ones who go into the the worst possible places and they get sent on the the most dangerous missions and nobody ever knows that they're kind of there. They just go in and come back out. But they can never actually go into a situation without the president's authority. It's not like, oh, here's a good idea. Let's go and take down this bad guy. He's doing some really bad stuff. All right, guys, let's just get together. We're going. Let's go. No, they actually can't go. They can prepare, but they can't go until they're sent. They can't go without the authority until the president puts his seal or his signature on that um, whatever it is that they do over there. (laughs) Sends an email. Tweets it out. I don't know. But until the president says go, they can't go. They've got all the power. Now, the president himself is not going to go over there with his, like, machine gun and with his night vision goggles and jump out of a plane and and parachute into somewhere. He's not going to do that. But the thing is, the power that comes through his authority is the one that sends them into battle. Does that make sense? Are we we catching this? Great. All right. I'm on the wrong page. Stay with me. Right. But you can have power without authority, but you can also have authority without power. I've got here in my pocket a PowerPoint. Now, this PowerPoint here is um, pretty impressive. It's pretty powerful. This thing here itself, this could... Heat a house, it could light a room, it could cook a, a meal, it could, it could do a whole bunch of things. So I, I want you to understand something here is that this switch may contain all the power. Now I want you to imagine for a second that this one is actually connected to the wall and it's plugged in. Terry, could you just fix that up for us <laughs> real quick? But this PowerPoint here, I can, have, I can have power connected to this, right? But unless I use my authority, my switch, to actually turn it on, then I'm not going to actually see the impact of that. So we've got power. There's power going, there's power to this. But unless I actually turn that power on and say go, it's not going to work. All right, But I can also have authority 
But unless I'm actually connected to something, it's not going to work. I could be in a position of authority, but unless there's people who are following me and actually doing what I ask them to do, then it's actually not going to work. We can have authority without power, and we can have power without authority. I better find my notes because I'm going to lose where I'm up to. Is everyone okay? Doing good? Authority without power is lifeless, but power without authority is dangerous. So just imagine, you know, a group of soldiers who are like, you know what, blow the president. We're just going to go and do this. You know what, that's going to cause a world war. They're going to just go in and start doing things. And, and things like that happen. That's why you have tribunals and all that kind of stuff. Well, we can't start acting outside of our authority. I used to, our girls used to love watching that show Mystery Diners. Has anyone ever seen the show Mystery Diners? Yeah, a few people. Anyone else wants tr- watches trash TV? Yep, that's me too. <laughs> But Mystery Diners is the whole premise of the show is that they set up video cameras to because the, the, the establishment's losing money, right? And the, the boss is like, I don't know what's going on with my business. So they set up all of these video cameras and they, they work out what's actually happening with the staff. So the, the boss will leave the manager in charge and then there'll be a waitress here and a, a cook there and they'll be doing all these different things. And then what usually happens is that they sometimes they'll catch people who step outside of their authority and act in their own power. So someone's doing a little side hustle on the side or they're stealing the grog from the cabinet or they're, 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 they're giving free meals out to their friends outside of their authority. And what ends up happening pretty much in every circumstance is that when they get caught acting outside their authority, they get sacked. You can run into trouble when you start to act outside your authority. Now, I wanted to today, I just want to give you five quick ways in which to live with power and authority because we're supposed to combine both of these things, right? The Bible teaches us that we have power and authority. And the first thing that we need to do to learn to live with power and authority is that we have to connect to the source. We've got to connect to the source, the thing is, if we have this PowerPoint, oh, where did I put it? In my pocket. And we have this PowerPoint and we just go, yep, cool, turn on the power. It's not working. Something wrong with this thing. It's faulty. No, it's not faulty. It's just not connected. And we've got to connect to the grid. We've got to connect to the source. So what is the source? What is the source of our supply? It's a Lord Jesus Christ. It's the Word of God. It's being in community with people. It's prayer. It's actually growing as a Christian is, is the source. You know, all of these things help to actually connect us to the source. If we're a Christian and we're out on our own and we're just doing our own thing and said, I don't need all that community, I think I'm just fine by myself, you know what? You're disconnected from a source of power in your life by stepping outside of God's plan, which is called the church. Another way to connect to the source is, I mean, we're a Pentecostal church. Speak in tongues. We're filled with the Holy Spirit. Speak in tongues. I would encourage every person here to speak in tongues for at least like 10 minutes a day. Get in your prayer time. You know, if you don't know what to pray, pray in tongues. Use that gift. It helps to connect you to the source, which is the Holy Spirit. I like that. Who was that? Patty. Patty. Patty Potter, we like you. All right, 2 Timothy. Uh, so, sorry, let's, before we get to that, before we get to that, let's go. You've got to connect to the source, but you've also got to disconnect from faulty sources. 
you can't really be connected to the true source if you're still connected to faulty sources. What are you listening to? What are you feeding yourself with? Is it negative? Is it tearing yourself down? Is it tearing other Christians down? There's a lot of this stuff going around lately. You know what? And I'm sick of it. Christians should be encouraging other Christians. We shouldn't be pulling each other down. We shouldn't be there sitting going back and, oh, I'm just going to judge, 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 judge. No, no, no. That's not our job is not to judge people. That's Christ's job. He's the judge. So let's leave that to him and let's get on with the business. Even though the church could just stop arguing with itself, then we would have this world saved in a weekend. Do you realize that this is a tool that the enemy uses? Called division, disunity, to actually drive people apart? I'm done with it. I just want to encourage people. So that's why I'll just speak highly of people. You know, I'm not going to go and sit around tearing people down. But if you are doing that and you're watching that and you're feeding yourself, just check it going... What's, what's really behind this? You've got to watch what sources you're connected to. You've got to disconnect from faulty sources. If you've got faulty wires in your house and you flick on the light switch, Terry, what's going to happen? You're going to trip a switch or trip a, the, the short, you get a short in the circuit and then you'll end up frying something and you'll have to go to the shop and replace it or you could even, it could even start a fire. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 2 to 5 says, People will be lovers of themselves. Lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of, the, of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power. Have nothing to do with such people. I'm never going to deny the power of God. You know what? I might not have seen it yet or I might never see it, but I'm never going to deny his power in my life. I might be waiting for a miracle. I might be waiting for a long time to see somebody healed. I might be waiting and I might never see it, but I am never going to deny God's power and ability to be able to step into my life. All right. We've got to be connected to the source. So just like, I just want to illustrate again. I've got this lamp. It's a pretty beautiful lamp. Lovely. But it doesn't work. It's broken. It doesn't work. But the thing is this, we have got to connect to the source. We have got to plug ourselves in. Oh, it still doesn't work. But hang on, now I've got power. And I'm just going to use my authority to turn it on. That's good, Amy. We have got to be connected to the source. If we want to use our authority, thing is, if you're not connected to the source of power, how are you ever going to step out in authority? Second thing that we need to do is we need to... Is that light okay there? It's fine? Okay. We need to recognize the potential. We need to recognize our potential. You know, however many of us actually ever realize our potential. You know, I thought that I had potential to be like a champion skateboarder back when I was, you know, just leaving sort of high school and I thought, oh yeah, cool. And you used to be dream about, oh, you could do all these tricks, I could do that. I could... And no, it was never going to happen. But we don't, because re- we don't put in the, um, we don't put in the work sometimes to be able to reach our potential. You know, there's a lot of potential in this switch, but unless it's actually 
used, if I just leave this connected to the power and I leave it in the wall and I don't ever turn it on for anything, it's no good to anybody. We have to actually recognise that there's potential when we turn on the power. We've got to be connected and used. John 14, 12 to 14 says, Very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works that I have been doing and they will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. Even greater things. Now, Jesus healed the sick. He opened the eyes of the blind. He helped the lame person to stand up and walk. He even raised the dead. But then he says that for those who believe in me, you'll do even greater things than these. I'm like going, I'm judging myself. I'm like way behind on this. I want to step into the even greater things, not because I'm like going, oh, cool, I'd like to see some cool stuff. No, because I want to actually make an impact. These things will follow those who believe, signs, wonders, and miracles. And that's what I would like to see for my life. But I sort of judge myself against what, you know, compare yourself to what Jesus was saying. God has gifted you potential in him. He has given you gifts, abilities, powers, and rights. But unless you use them, you can't step into your potential. Jesus speaks of even greater things than he did. You just think about that for a second. Just think about even greater things. What an incredible promise over our lives, that those who believe even greater things. Ephesians 1, 19 to 20 says, I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe him. This is the same mighty dunamis that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honour at God's right hand in heavenly realms. You have to understand something about our potential. The potential power that comes for us to be able to use and accessible access is the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. That's available to us to use. We've got to recognise the potential. Thirdly, we've got to acknowledge the authority of Christ. All right? So you're on the field. You're the NFL quarterback. You're big. You're powerful. You're strong. You're actually probably better at football than the referee ever was. You think you know it all, but unless you submit yourself to the authority of the referee, you're not going to get very far in the game. We need to understand that Christ is our ultimate covering and our authority. We can't start confessing things and declaring things that don't line up with the Word of God. Right? It has to be in Scripture. It says in, um, I can't remember the Scripture, all Scripture is God breathed, right? It is God's word. It's powerful. Right, Matthew 8, 7 to 10 says, Jesus said to him, shall I come and heal him? Here's the authority. The centurion replied, Lord, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof, but just say the word and my servant will be healed. For I myself am a man under authority with soldiers under me. I tell this one go and he goes and to that one come and he comes. I say to my servant, do this and he does it. And when Jesus heard this, he was amazed and said to those following him, truly I tell you, I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. We have got to understand authority and how it works. We've got to understand that even the centurion 
who was not raised in the Jewish customs, didn't understand all of the different bylaws and all the different things. He recognised the authority of Christ and he said, all you have to do is speak and it is done. Matthew, Matthew chapter 28, 18 says, Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. All authority on heaven and earth is given to me. He has all the authority. But what was his next command? His next command was, go, therefore, and make disciples. When we go, we go in his authority. We weren't called to just get saved and then go, cool, I'm here. I'm out the club. We've got my train ticket to heaven. I'm okay now. Thanks, Jesus. I'm just going to sit here. No, no, no. He brings us to himself and he sends us out. We need to understand his authority to go. You know what? You're going to recognize that Christ's authority, this go, was not a request. A lot of us think about, oh, this is the great requestment. I just made up a word. It's fine. The great requestment. This is the great commandment. And if we actually truly understand the authority of Christ, we cannot but go. We've got to stop sitting on our blessed assurance. We've got to go. Colossians 2.10 says, And in Christ you have been brought to fullness. He is the head over every power and authority. We don't act on our own authority. We act on his authority. In the name of Jesus. The, second, the fourth thing is we need to put on our authority. And we're almost done. Maybe the team can start to come. Luke chapter 9 verses 1 to 2 said, When Jesus called the twelve together, he gave them power and authority to drive out all demons and to cure diseases. And he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. You can't just assume authority. It has to be given to you. You can't just go, oh, I'm just going to start throwing my authority around. No, no, it has to be given to you. You have to be placed in that position. Excusia is granted to you. By Christ. Mark 13, 34 says that this exousia, this authority, it's like a man going away. He leaves his house and he puts his servants in charge, each with their assigned task, and he tells the one at the door to keep watch. This is kind of like what Christ has given us. He has left us in charge. He has given us the authority to be able to step in. I was thinking about this a little bit more. And I thought about Pharaoh and Joseph and the relationship between the two of those. You know, Pharaoh put a ring of authority on Joseph's finger. And do you know what that ring of authority enabled Joseph to do? That when Joseph spoke, it wasn't like Joseph was speaking anymore. It was like Pharaoh was speaking. You think also about the prodigal son returning to the father. And he thought, well, you know what? I'm just going to go home and I'll, I'll, I'll get down on my knees. I'll fall on my face. And I'll say, Dad, just, I'll be one of your servants. What does the dad do? Get the best robe. Get me the ring of authority. And he puts it on his finger. Do you know that ring? That didn't make him a servant. That made him a son. And when he spoke... He acted with the Father's authority. Do you know we've been given a ring of authority? It's the Christ's authority that robes us and clothes us. We have been given authority to 
act on behalf of God. When we speak, it's not like we're speaking anymore. We have authority behind us. And I want you to understand that, that we have, we speak as though He is speaking. And the final point is this, is that we need to step out in faith. We've got to step out in faith. You know what? It takes guts to actually start to use your power and authority together. It takes courage. And you know what? You might do it and something might not happen. You've got to step out in faith. You've got to continue to believe. You've got to keep praying. You know what? I often think about people going, well, I prayed and it didn't work. I prayed and it didn't work. And I've been praying for years and it didn't work. I've been praying for years. And you know, my my mom got a promise from God. She read in the Word that your sons will return from the land of the enemy. Both of my brothers were away from God at that time. And she was away. She got, I got that promise in my heart. And you know what? She kept praying. And she kept praying. And she didn't see it happen. And she never saw it happen. It wasn't happening. She's like, God, where are you? She kept praying. She kept believing. I'm not going to hold. I'm not going to let go of this promise that God has put in my heart. And you know what happened? 19 years later, both of my brothers came back to the Lord. Don't give up. Don't quit. Don't quit. We've got to step out in faith. We've got to combine our authority and our power together. You know what? Faith, it requires works. Hang on, Pastor Andrew. Salvation doesn't come through works. I'm not talking about salvation, but I'm talking about once we've received faith, we are compelled to do works. We are not going, hang on, but are you, what do, you, what, do I only get to receive the salvation because I do works? No, no, no. You've received your salvation, but because you've received it and you've received faith, you now need to actually show fruit of your salvation. And faith in James chapter 2, verse 26 says, As the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without deeds is dead. We need to actually do something. We can't just wait for everything just to fall out of the sky. We need to act. We need to take a step of faith. You know, God's not some magical lotto service that just drops money down from the sky for you. You've actually got to go and earn it. It's not like something you just don't go, Oh, hey God, I... I, I just think I'm going to ask you this once and then I'll just pray that, you know, I'll, I'll leave it up to you. Keep asking. Keep persisting. Keep praying. We've got to step out in authority, engage your faith and act in power. Luke 4, 36 says, All the people were amazed and said to each other, What words are these? With authority and power, He gives orders to impure spirits and they come out. We've been given the same authority and power. But you've got to practice. You've got to practice. You've got to lay hands on the sick. See them recover. You pray for people for miracles that God will intervene. You've got to be persistent. Don't give up. Don't quit. You've got to not let bad news stop you. You're going to see setbacks. I remember a week before our honeymoon, we had a prayer meeting at church or a Sunday night service and there was a lady there and she had cancer. And I thought, I'm a young man. I'm full of faith. I've got passion. I'm going to pray really loud over this woman. And I laid hands on her and I believed in my heart that she was going to be healed. And we prayed and there was tears and it was all. And then we got married and we went on our honeymoon. And Rachel's dad called me during the honeymoon. He said, oh, do you remember that lady you prayed for? 
she died. Don't see the setbacks as going to hold you back. You've got to keep persisting and step out in faith again. I'm not going to stop stepping out in faith regardless of what I see happen or not happen. I'm going to continue to believe that my God is able, that even if He doesn't kind of faith is going to come out of me. Like Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, we know that our God is able to deliver us from the fire, but even if He doesn't, we're still not going to bow down. That's the kind of faith that I want to demonstrate. You've got to pray. You've got to open your mouth to pray. You know, a lot of people's prayers don't get answered because they never leave their lips. They think them in their head. And you go, oh, but God can read my thoughts. And you go, yeah, but He wants to hear your voice. Pray, 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 pray. Open your mouth. Mark 11, 23 and 24 says, Truly I tell you, if anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in their heart, but believes what they say will happen, it will be done for them. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you've received it and it will be yours. We've got to connect our power and our authority. I want everyone to stand right now. We're not finished with this service just yet. I know we've gone a little bit over time, but that's okay. It's good to see people, isn't it? It's good to be in a group of people like this. God's presence is here. And I just want to ask a couple of simple questions. And the first one is that, have you ever received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Saviour? Because this is where it starts. It's not a works-based salvation, no. It's a free gift salvation. He went to the cross so that you can be free from the bondage of sin. So with every head bowed and every eye closed here in this place, up at Nil, if you're watching online, pay attention in this moment. We want to actually be able to connect with you and help you connect with Jesus today. I'm going to pray a prayer right now. And if you want to actually accept Jesus into your heart as your Lord and Saviour, I'm going to ask you to pray this prayer out loud with me boldly. Everybody else in this room is going to do it because we do things together as family. But pray this and mean it in your heart. Then afterwards, you know, come up and see me. You know, if you're online, why don't you reach out to, you know, online, um, send us an email or put it in the chat. We, we would love to connect with you. If you're up at Neil, go and see Brian and Allison and tell them, hey, I made a decision to follow Jesus today. And that's what we're about to do right now. So just why don't you, heads bowed, eyes closed. Why don't we pray this prayer together? Say, dear Lord Jesus, I ask you today to come into my heart and give me a brand new start. I'm sorry for all of my mistakes for all of my sin. But today, Jesus, I bring it to you and I lay it at your feet. I acknowledge that you are Lord, that you died for my sin and that you rose again on the third day so I can be free. I thank you, Jesus. I love you, Lord. Amen, amen, amen. Come on, can we give a huge round of congratulations? in anticipation for those people who are accepting Jesus today. That's right. We'd love to give you a Bible. If you prayed that prayer in this room or in, we don't, you know, you have never received a Bible, we'd love to come and give you one of these. Just come and see us after this. Or if you're online, we want to actually give you one in your hand. So let us know and we'll get to you. Even if you're watching from some other city somewhere, as long as they're not in lockdown, we will get you a Bible. Um, this is what I want to do. 
we're going to worship again. And I don't want to put a limit on this. If you need to go, you can go. If you've got a time limit on what time lunch is and all of that kind of stuff, you can go. But I want to create an atmosphere of worship. I want the team who's going to lead us. You can sing whatever you want to sing. There was a beautiful sense of God's presence throughout our worship today. If you need something and you're like going, I haven't actually seen the power of God actually fix that in my life. We'd love to stand with you. With our pastoral team, if you want to just come and stand down the front on either side here, we've got our pastoral team, Ruth and Aaron and our elders and Greg and Rhiannon and Rachel and I, we would love to pray with you and lay hands on you to believe that God can intervene in your circumstance regardless of what it is, how long it's been persisting or how big you think it is. Because let me tell you, it doesn't matter how big you think your problem is. It's not as big as God. And we serve a God who is above all, in all, and through it all. And He is able to heal the sick. He is able to raise the dead. He is able to make the blind see. He's able to see um, relationships restored. If you've got something that you need, God, to move in your situation, we're going to lay hands on you and we're going to use God's power and authority today. So as we worship, why don't you just come down the sides. Let me tell you, if you're in the room, you're off camera. We don't have cameras that point over to the side, so don't worry about that. This is just a moment between you and God to worship and experience His power again. Come on, team, why don't you lead us?